With us today is KT McFarlane, and uh, she is the former Deputy National Security Advisor for uh, our government. And there's so many things going on. Uh, KT, uh, where do you want to start? There's so many problems in the world. Uh, uh, President Biden went to uh, Europe. Uh, he, he met with uh, so many people. I'm going to give you the chance to, to decide where we start. Well, you're right. There's an awful lot wrong with the world right now and America's place in the world. But I would start with Europe. So President Biden was in Europe. He met with the NATO leaders. They talked a lot about Ukraine and what would the what should NATO's response be. So where we are now is that Ukraine is mount mounted a counteroffensive, a spring offensive against Russia, and it's not going well for Ukraine. So Ukraine wants the NATO to bail Ukraine out, wants NATO membership, which is very problematic, because if, if Ukraine were to join NATO, that's effectively America declaring war on Russia. Um, I don't know where that goes. I know how you end the Ukraine war, and that's if President Biden would stop the war on American fossil fuels and let American energy producers make oil and natural gas. It would drive the price of oil and natural gas down uh, because our producers can make money at a very low level. And Russia needs a lot of money, um, needs oil at about $80, $90 a barrel to make a profit because that's what Russia uses to pay for the war in Ukraine. So if you were to drive the world price of oil down, you'd bankrupt Russia, and Russia would be forced to go to the negotiating table. But somehow President Biden seems to be toying with the idea of getting NATO involved or the United States involved with a shooting war with Ukraine rather than to do the obvious and easy thing. I'd move on from there to China, and what we've seen in the last couple of weeks is increasing Chinese involvement and in sort of pushing the United States around. Um, not only the spy balloon and the spy stations that are now in Cuba, but China now controls both entrances to the Panama Canal. China's making moves on Taiwan, either exercises or a lot of rhetoric about how China is going to take over Taiwan. And at the same time, because the United States has such rapid support and abundant support for NATO and for Ukraine, we're drawing down our own stockpiles to give to Ukraine to fight Russia. And it's to our, I think it's very irresponsible of the president. Wow, that's um, that's a mouthful, and uh, uh, and we do have problems in Ukraine, and and I agree uh, by increasing the price of uh, of oil in Russia and in uh, China and Saudi Arabia to ninety to a hundred dollars. That's the money that uh, Russia used to hire the Wagner Group to go after the Ukraine, and and uh, we're paying for that. The American people paid for that because. Uh, uh, they paid higher uh, gas prices and higher, uh, and uh, it, it was the war on fossil fuel increased the price of gasoline. We took a trillion dollars worth of wealth from North America, and guess what? We moved it to Russia and the OPEC nations and China, and uh, you're 100% right on that one. Uh, and all we have to do is open up the spigots in North America, and uh, the price of oil will come down to $55, my opinion. You know, I, you're the one who really pointed that out to me. Um, about a year ago, I asked you how long would it take if the United States ended the war on fossil fuels and we turned the spigot back on, how long would it take for the world price of oil to drop? And you said it would happen very quickly because it's a commodities market, a futures market. So the world would realize, oh, if America's going to be producing oil and natural gas, 
The price is never going to go up to $80, $90 a barrel. Russia's never going to be rich again. And it would end, in, in my mind, it would end the war in Ukraine. You know, if you look at Russian history, every time the price of oil has been high, Russia's rebuilt its military, it's invaded its neighbors, and it's had proxy wars. Every time the price of oil has been low, like during the Reagan administration, the Trump administration, the Russians hunker down. They just try to feed their own people. So it's all about energy, and I think it would it's so easy for us to fix, but yet... President Biden refuses to do it. I was on Maria Bartolomo's show on Friday morning, and uh, uh, I had an argument with some of her, her uh, people that she she had on, and they're saying, "Oh, we got to raise the price uh, of the interest rates one more time." I said, "You got to lower the price of interest rates. We're going to break our own country," and I, I couldn't get the, the through it to them. And there were a bunch of analysts, and I said, "Did you ever have a job running a company?" And, and None of these guys have ever, or gals, who had a job running an actual company. And uh, it was just very frustrating, KT. Uh, KT, China. What's going on down that, that area? They still make 92% of our antibiotics. We can't afford to get sick. <laughs> you know what happened during COVID, in the early days of COVID? President Trump called it the China virus, the China flu. The Chinese call the White House and they said, stop it. If you continue to call it connected to China, China anything, we're going to cut off your antibiotics for a year next year. And we were in a stuck position because China does make either 97% of the component parts or of the actual antibiotics themselves. We have a real supply chain problem. We also have that same kind of supply KT, chain problem. Let me ask a you a, a question. KT. Yeah. Were you there and you heard it, China say they're going to cut out our antibiotics if we keep calling it the China virus? I talked to the, I was not in the room at the time, but I've talked to someone who was in the room at the time, yes. Wow. That's a direct threat. I mean, that it's is not shocking. only that, it's also all the other rare earth minerals, all the things that China can do. Um, on its own, really, to damage the United States in the supply chain. And we've got to wake up to it. And especially if it's things like, you know, they involve health, national security, um, electronic security, uh, our electric grid, all those things that China really controls markets on. And we've let it happen. We could turn it around, but we have to recognize that it's a problem and start doing something about it. KT, uh, Turkey allowed... Uh uh, Sweden to enter into NATO. And nobody talks about what uh, Turkey got it back in return. Do you know or do you suspect? Yeah, I think what probably happened was that Turkey, which didn't, doesn't want, I mean, they, want, they drive a hard bargain, that Turkey does, and particularly President Erdogan. I think what they got in exchange was they wanted sophisticated aircraft, um, the F-16, and I think that was part of the deal, that we agreed to sell them to Turkey as long as Turkey would stop um, preventing Sweden. It was, you know, because what happens when you join NATO, any one country can veto membership of another country. And so Turkey was standing in the way of Sweden's accession to NATO, and I think that's why they withdrew their, their criticism. What else would you like to talk about, KT? You know, what bothers me is that we're so focused um, on Europe right now. For 20 years, we, we fought the forever wars in the Middle East, and now it looks like we're going to fight a forever war in Ukraine. But at the same time, what we're doing is we've taken our eye off the ball of China. China presents the only country that can offer us, that can threaten our way of life. 
um, our livelihood, our way of life, our position in the world. And the Chinese are making no bones about it. They're, they're quite open about how they plan to replace the United States as the dominant world power, and they're going to do so within, a, and within the decade. And yet Washington gives lip service to it, but it doesn't really address the problem. And it's things like the supply chain. It's things like increasing our research and development budgets. We should be doubling our research and development. We should make sure that we maintain the technological lead and all the technologies of the future. And yet, you know, again, Washington pays lip service, but when it comes time to actually do something about it, they don't. Now, uh, one last question, KT. It seems like China, Saudi Arabia, are, are making alliances all over the world. Even last week, New Zealand signed some kind of pact with China. Uh, wh- wh- what do you think? What's your pulse of what's going on? Well, what China's trying to do is pick off countries one at a time, and they're using trade, they're using um, the, the economic leverage they have, and they're basically going around the world, whether it's New Zealand or other countries, especially in the global south in South America, Africa, and they're saying, look, choose. Do you want to be a friend to America, or do you want to be a friend to China? China offers you the model of rapid development, economic progress. What does America offer you? Well, America's a declining power. You don't want to tie your... Sh- tie yourself to, to the United States, you want to tie yourself to China. And China's going all around the world and making that case. And, you know, they're making it pretty well. Um, again, we could turn things around very quickly, but so far we don't seem to have the national will to do it, and that's what bothers me the most. We're doing it to ourselves. Well, KT, stay on top of things, and uh, we hope to talk to you again real soon. And uh, thank you for everything you do for America and speaking out for America. It's an honor and a pleasure to be on your show, John. Thank you. God bless you. 